Hello, welcome to the podcast. My name is Baron. My name is Henry. Uh, today we're going to be talking about just school in general. Yeah, we'll start off with that and then we'll see where things go. Yeah. So anyway, I'll start by asking Baron. How what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy school? That's what we're starting with. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So Byron, did you enjoy school? Yeah. High school. Let, let, let's say high school. Yeah. In particular. I think I did. I think it was overall a good experience. Which definitely, is interesting because definitely some hiccups, but yeah. Cause I haven't actually heard your perspective on high school. I, I remember I was just broadcasting my perspective everybody <laughs> around me so what were the things that made high school like i i, I want to use the word bearable but i think i'm sure i'm learning that i have a very particular perspective so what were the things that you enjoyed most about high school let's say well i mean for me basketball was like the highlight of our day i mean just going yeah, to school and true. playing basketball with friends is you know it made school worth it to me but also, I yeah. didn't take on as much work and classes as the typical person would at our school. So That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. And because you could be done with homework during the school day, right? That's what I remember. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't really take any hard classes either. I had like <laughs> one AP and like one or two honors classes. That's it. Did your parents have a problem with that? No. No, they didn't care. It's great. Yeah, I had a lot of freedom to just do whatever I wanted pretty much. So like oftentimes I would look at school and I would have a problem with all the things that I felt like I could fix. Did you ever feel like there were things that you wanted to fix and you got frustrated by that? Or did you just notice the ways it could improve, but you were just fine like coasting on your own? Well, I think that school you know especially with like tas too with like it being very academic and you know the culture there not really my thing you know i'm not i'm not very academically driven yeah so i mean that part of it i don't know if you could fix that or, or anything because i mean i feel like that's more just based on who you are but i mean school definitely has issues with or at least our school with like their face like their public image i think they yeah. value that above yeah. other things that probably should be valued first yeah well actually now that you mention how you're not academically inclined i never even considered that until you mentioned it now because in lower school and middle school i was always told that i was smart and intelligent and i began to develop an ego around that that I was yeah. one of the smart kids and I was one of the intelligent kids. And now in high school, the problem became, you can't just think your way through the classes. You can't just show up and listen and then expect to do well. Now they just throw a bunch of shit at, at you that you have to memorize and you actually have to spend oh, yeah. hours yeah. working, quote unquote. And that was part of the problem with me was that it threatened my image of myself as the smart one because oh, now being now being smart meant 
you have to put in work as well, which I wasn't willing to do. So <laughs> when, as I as I stopped taking the highest level classes because I wasn't willing to put in the work, it didn't mean that I wasn't smart, but my image of myself relative to other people actually suffered because of that. So yeah, I never considered how much easier it would be for me if I just didn't have that image of myself in the first place. Yeah, but I mean, that's not entirely your fault too. No, it's not, it's not. But yeah, it's just a product of what happened before that, like yeah. everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, true, but, true. But it still is unfortunate because like the, the term for that is gifted kid. Sure, yeah. And I don't, I'd only discovered that until recently that I was a gifted kid in many ways, like with athletic <laughs> athletics sure. too. I, I was used to being able to just learn any sport and do well, like not at the top, but near the top without much effort. And then when, you know, of course, middle school and high school, you have the ultra specialized kids who only do badminton oh, or yeah. only do yeah, basketball. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no matter which sport I try and play in my free time, I would get destroyed by kids who had just put in the training hours that I didn't do. And yeah, it, and I think right, also... around, right around that time is when people that put in the work start to, like, uh, what's the word? Dif dif differentiate? No, that's not the word. Yeah. You yeah, know what like I'm trying differentiate to say? themselves, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the, it starts actually showing up. Of, right, exactly. Yeah, all the hours they've been putting in. Yeah. Whereas and... in, like, lower school, middle school, I feel like most of it is just like how fast you learn the basics right and that's the thing was i i was a fast learner but i never stuck yeah. with anything yeah that's exactly i feel them. the same way yeah yeah so you you think that you were a fast learner in lower school like i i learn things very quickly i just suck at getting good at them yeah actually like, that's just when I'm playing exactly. like a, in my case. Yeah. When I'm playing a game or something, I can be in the top, I don't know, 70, 80% like right away. Just just like off the first few hours of picking it up. But to get to that higher level is so difficult. I think that's that, ah. that fits across the board for many things too, but for me, like I feel like that extra step is hard. That's crazy because you you're literally just describing me. <laughs> and I never I never considered that that other people were like that. I just sort of imagined myself to be in that category alone. <laughs> yeah. Like I think when I first like learned how to ride a bike, I did it in like three minutes. Like my I just got yeah. on the bike and you know started pedaling and then I was and I was riding, you know. It, yeah. it, it wasn't like a whole process for me. Actually a lot of like physical related or like uh like balance related things, I guess I'm yeah. more good at. Yeah. Have you tried surfing? Yeah. Yeah. Like I learned surfing right away too. That, that was surfing is a lot of fun. Like skateboarding. Yeah, I picked that up pretty quick too. Snowboarding. I'm not very good, but I can do the basics. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's more hand-eye coordination instead of balancing. I mean, I'm, mm. I'm good at balancing, but hand-eye coordination is where I could learn things instantaneously. Yeah. I also did uh, gymnastics in like lower school too. 
yeah, like I remember that. three years or something, which is so much fun. When you're yes, in lower it school, is. it's so much fun. It is. How do you feel? Um, did you ever have trouble with comparing yourself to other kids around you and suffering from that? Oh, yeah. I think everyone does that in one way or another. But I think especially at TAS, though, that's almost encouraged, you know, with the culture, yeah. which is not, not, not good, you know, no, not healthy, not. but it's like you have to be better than other people. And if you're not, then you're like, you know, you're missing out or you're, you're losing, quote unquote, you know. Can you talk about your experiences with that? Because I don't think I've, I've heard your experiences with that particular aspect of TAS before. Well, I mean, for me... I guess I mean, it always starts with, oh, in my opinion, it starts with like grades and you know stuff like that. But I quickly yeah. got over that because I realized I didn't care. <laughs> you know, yeah. I didn't care about grades or whatever after a while. And my grades are actually always decent too. Besides like sixth grade math, I fucked that up. Got <laughs> really bad in that class. But besides that, I mean, like for me, it was being like a chubbier kid in like middle school. Okay. Yeah, like it, the, the the middle school locker rooms are dangerous place, you know. Nothing nothing slips by those kids. And also, TS is just like a, a weird place, like with the the I don't know how it is in other locker rooms, of course, because I haven't been to other places. But like, people would just walk up to you and just kind of like, like you know you know the the nipple flick thing. You know yeah. that? Yeah, people would just do that. <laughs> Like, why would why do you do that it's so yeah but stuff like that and obviously i mean when you're in middle school you don't know how to deal with stuff like that like what what was i supposed to do i don't know yeah so it was mostly physical for you like your physical appearance yeah it was mostly my physical appearance i'd say how about personality I mean, I mean, wise oh, yeah um, keep going I, well, I was going to say, I think that, you know, most kids at TAS are, if you compare them to the rest of the world, would, would be considered either, like, skinny or, like, just, uh, like, normal, I guess, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, every once in a while, you there's, like, you know, there's a bigger kid, but otherwise everyone is pretty small. So what I yeah. would be considered normal in, like, the States or something, I am, like chubby or, or not necessarily fat but i'd say chubby here mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah so i was gonna ask if you ever compared your personality with other people i think my <laughs> not to toot my own horn here but i think that my personality yeah. is very different than the people around me and yours is too honestly you're you're the very or you're well i don't know if you're the most unique but you're one of the most unique personalities that i think i know okay i well, think we, me, and, we, me and you are very similar though because i feel like even though you're you're a first child right but yeah i think you act more like a middle child what do you mean by that <laughs> like you know you ever hear, hear of like the the middle child syndrome or whatever um can you remind me what that is it's basically like okay so Essentially, I mean, I do have, I am a middle child, so I can speak to it. It's like okay. when you're growing up, like my sister, firstborn, takes on the responsibility first, I guess, you know, gets pampered and then, you know, grows up like a normal child at first until I come along. 
and then yeah. the parents have to shift their attention their attention to yeah to me and then the first child is expected to kind of figure things out because mm. or, or or to be like a role model even though they're have no age to be a role model you know they're like a kid too. yeah and then yeah. and then the third child in my case my brother is gets born and then all of a sudden there's no attention on the middle child at all because the yeah. youngest child needs the most attention to get taken care of and the oldest child is kind of like uh a little role model almost that the parents stick to yeah. or to you know it's like their first child so they have to like you know it's the first and the last you got to take care of and then the middle kind of follows along somewhere so i didn't get that much parenting i guess or i i definitely got i got an adequate amount of parenting you know i have good parents but compared to my brother and sister most things that happened in my life like i didn't talk about that stuff with my parents at all you know i just right. yeah that was all internalized for me and i had to figure out how to do or yeah figure out that stuff by myself that's what the middle child syndrome is essentially huh I'm totally a middle child. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Like, because my you sisters... You internalize stuff too. I internalize stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. Part of that is my personality where I'm more sensitive. So the times that I've opened up, I've been hurt. And then, Sure, and then you didn't well, want to open do? up again. You internalize it. Yeah. Um... I'll say though after getting to or after about sophomore year my personality has flipped in that regard i've opened up like a lot more since sophomore year okay and why do you think that is um well i mean before then i would tell my friends most things like my close friends i would tell them but I mean, the things that, like, really affected me and really, like, ate, ate at me, no. Like, no yeah. one knows about that stuff. Yeah. But, I don't know, I guess being vulnerable enough to the point where I knew that it doesn't really matter in the long run. Like, it, it's not going to affect me that... Of course it'll affect me. But, like, it's not going to dictate how my life goes, how I feel, like, today, you know? And being able to, like open up to other people and let go about whatever I'm feeling yeah yeah and I think that that came from honestly I think it came from talking to girls more and since sophomore year yeah yeah, yeah since like sophomore year yeah so so are you saying that talking to girls helped you open up more yeah and was it the act of um was it the courageous act of talking to girls that allowed you to be more straightforward about your feelings or was it the girls themselves that made you feel comfortable talking about your stuff hmm, okay well i'd say in like middle school i was very shut off and like literally like deathly afraid of talking to girls like i'm not i'm not even yeah. kidding yeah yeah like i could yeah. not do it yeah i'm sure a lot of guys have that yeah yeah but like mine, I don't care. Obviously, I don't know how everyone feels about it, but mine, I feel like mine was way worse than normal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, I was that guy that, like, because, okay, I don't know, I don't know how you, you felt, but like my first crush, 
I was so invested, <laughs> even though I had like barely ever talked to, to this endless person yeah. that, that I was crushing on, that huh. I was so afraid that when I talked to them, I'd mess it up. I just never talked to them. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. I basically just closed myself off, which I mean, that's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then. So, yeah, yeah. Keep going. It got to a point where I couldn't like. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> like, this sucks. So yeah. I just took the first step and, you know, confessed my feelings or did whatever, asked them to go on a date or, you know, something like that. And, yeah. you know, 90% of the time I got rejected, but that's okay. That's but okay. I, yeah, you learn from that and you grow from that. And I think getting rejected enough times made me realize that it doesn't matter. Like, getting rejected is not the end of the world you know you can you move on after you get rejected and you can you know you you learn things and you you grow and it's like it's a part of the the process i guess i think that's fantastic that you realize that early on yeah relatively yeah. speaking well yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so so it sounds like that the the act of being courageous and saying i can't do this anymore allowed you to grow in ways that made you more aware of um how closed off you were being so you were able to change that yeah and actually that's that helped me a lot just in life in general too because i'm now able to self-reflect like way better than i was right. in previous years yeah that's great now I want to go to um, how you mentioned I was like the most unique, one of the most unique personalities. <laughs> sure. That's uh, cool. Can you can you talk about that? Because I'm curious. Um, okay. Well, I'd say there's there's a few personality types at school. There's you know your try hard, working <laughs> very like study every day. School comes first, kids. Right. And I say that's you know that's probably about a third maybe a little less of the grade and then there yeah, is yeah. the like sports kids that will go out and you'd have fun and honestly there there aren't any kids that have bad grades there's maybe like five percent of the grade that is actually bad but every everyone yeah. has good grades but those kids will be i guess live more typical high school lives well the like partying is that yeah like partying and going out drinking you know stuff like that yeah and then there's like the, I don't know, the the different people, like the outcasts, I guess. Yeah. I feel yeah. like our friend group is more of like the outcasts. Like we're just a bunch of different random personalities put together. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think that in... Which is, wait, yeah, just to, just to interrupt, which is interesting because in lower school, we were just friends, right? Or maybe not mu not as much in lower school for you um, yeah. interacting with us. But I mean, like me, Aiden, Nauman, we were friends in lower school. I'm sure that we were friends of your friends. Yeah, and yeah, but I didn't even, even know you even guys existed. Yeah, right. But even in middle school, it's like we were still a friend group. And, and slowly, then you started to interact more with us. So it's interesting yeah. how these sort of like and and we were still friends of friends with each other so it's interesting how that long-term friendship network can become an outcast in the context of high school 
I just find that interesting. Wait, and I think you're right that oh, we I were sort of yeah. outcasts, but but I just it still is crazy how the dynamics shifted so fast when I look back on it. But I think also you're like an outcast among outcasts, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's also true. Yeah, like you you definitely don't. See, I, I don't know. See, you definitely fit with our group well because you're like an outcast and you, you kind of drift around. But also right. you drift around with with within like still being in our group, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. you'll yeah. you'll just kind of leave and do your own thing sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so keep going about the, the type. So you have the tryhards, about a yeah. third of the grade. You have the sports kids, quote unquote yeah. normal teenagers. And then there's outcasts. The outcasts. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know how what what the percentage of outcasts really is. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like a twenty percent. Yeah. It's, it can't be that many, or that high compared to everything else. And yeah. then I don't know. There's like the sort of the in betweens. Kind of like uh, there's like a gaming. There's like a gaming group. I think there's some kids that I just so. that just. Yeah game at at lunch and stuff you know there is that group too yeah i don't think that group is that big but yeah yeah i can think of more kids that are sort of um they're friends with the the sports kids but they don't engage in those activities yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 i think a lot of those kids fit into the gaming or what sorry what i mean is like not like intense gaming like iphone games at lunch or stuff like that you know yeah like yeah like those kids yeah, will sit down yeah yeah <laughs> so um where were you going with the the groups at school and related to our personalities oh well i think that our group is a very unique uh like combination of personalities because we have yeah. like <clears throat> i think me and aiden are actually i don't know i think my personality is more similar to yours but my humor is much much more similar to Aiden's. I think in a lot of ways you're actually similar to Aiden. I mean, you're half Taiwanese. I mean, ha- I'm quarter both. Taiwanese. Yeah, but like yeah. mixed mixed with Taiwanese. Sure, and sure. you guys both interested in basketball. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of similarities between you and Aiden. But yeah, I, I think you're is, right yeah. that our, our personalities, me and you, are more similar. Yeah. And Aiden is very... Aiden's like a, a great friend. You know, mm. he's very caring and loving towards his his close friends. Yes, yeah, that, that is true. And Naman, no one is like Naman. I don't think there's <laughs> anyone like Naman. He's yeah, a rage monster, but also like <laughs> yeah. the most polite person ever. You know, <laughs> actually, you, now that you mention it, you're totally right. There is nobody like Naman. He he has a art. He has like an artistic soul. But then he'll break a mouse <laughs> yeah. over his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just out of nowhere. Like he'll show up to school sometimes in the early morning and he'll just be so pissed at everyone. <laughs> be so mad. Like this one time he, he showed up and uh Eric uh he was like I don't know, they're like working on homework or something that was due like right at the beginning of first period. And Naman was not having any of it. He <laughs> I think Eric took his spot or something when yeah. Naman went to go get some food or something like that. And Naman got so pissed. 
he straight up just punched Eric like right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Which is funny because usually when people get mad, it's like, oh shit, you know, this guy's mad. But with Naman, <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny for some reason. He just goes for it. Yeah, because he doesn't care. Maybe that's why it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's wow, also, I bet it's it's also funny because it's relatable. I mean, we all kind of feel yeah. that way, but Naman just yeah, lets exactly. it. Yeah, Nobin just yeah lets exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because Yeah, exactly. We can live vicariously through Which, it. honestly, respect. Just a little bit of respect for that, for not caring. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But if you're hitting someone, I think that's crossing a line, you know? Like, yeah, I think we're making well, Naman that's... sound a little bit worse. It's not, it wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't like a full-on hit. It was like a, a hard tap, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think it's funny because you can see his struggle to contain it. Yeah, and, yeah, you definitely it, can. Yeah, it yeah. passes a point of no return, and then he tries to reel it back in almost as soon as it starts. So it's like you're watching him fight with himself. Yeah, yeah. For as sure. he's letting the anger go. Because, I mean, obviously, you know that if you fall and hit somebody, like it, you're going to, it's not good, right? So yeah. yeah. He's, he, so he's not stupid, obviously. I mean, nobody's stupid. But with Naman, I think it's just more visible that, that struggle. But that, I think in many, I think in many ways, everybody has to deal with that struggle. It's just most visible in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Naman has either. He doesn't have as much control, or he feels that much more rage and anger. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Hard to say. Yeah. So, how would you describe me then? Uh, you see, the thing is, there will be like weeks at a time where we just don't hear anything about you, <laughs> like yeah. over summer. No one had any idea what you were doing because you just kind of do your own thing and you just, that's it. Like, we just don't know yeah. what's happening with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, with ahead. this, with this whole gap year, we're just like, what is Henry doing? Like, what is he doing right <laughs> now? You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Part of that is, yeah, I just, I sort of feel like I'm living in my own dream world sometimes, mm. not 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 by choice, but simply because of my nature, which is I need a lot of time alone to create. Oh, okay. Also, but just in general, I need time alone, and part of it probably is because of that middle child thing we were talking about, sure. where I have to yeah. internalize all this stuff. Yeah. And up to now i've been really bad about telling people what i honestly think mm -hmm. part of that was during high school i again the same image of myself right like i saw myself as one of the smart kids i also saw myself as like one of the cool personalities <laughs> yeah one of the one of the people that was not reactive and that was just how I was so anytime I was reactive I felt like I should be ashamed of myself because I was losing control and that wasn't mm. me Henry's not somebody who loses control like you know but the thing somebody... is you're also very funny when you lose control like yeah right with uh, well, not with the big things like little things like when we're playing basketball or something like that 
you know yeah yeah i remember that very funny (laughs) yeah and so that would be like if i was tired and maybe stressed for uh, about something then i just wouldn't i just wouldn't care and then that's that's when that would happen Mm -hmm. the problem with that was that i still couldn't acknowledge the real pain i had Mm. and i still couldn't share that with anybody because i felt nobody understanding me because of the images i had of myself nobody was like me nobody saw themselves the way i saw myself and so yeah, i could think yeah 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 for sure i i i definitely felt the same way too you think that so you're that... all alone until you actually start talking to people that have i don't know well not necessarily even the same issues just issues as well and then you realize yeah. it's not so uh, like unique to have problems you know right i mean even now with this podcast like for the past <laughs> few days i've been really angry about a lot of things like angry about why our grade had to separate after graduation i mean that's how graduation works right people go elsewhere but i was sure. angry at life i was like at one point in our existence humans grew up with each other and they died with each other we knew okay. each other for life. Why was I? Why did I have to be born at a time when people would get to know each other? Because I mean, I grew up at TAS, right? So mm-hmm. I know all these kids. I love all these kids. I love. I I I just have so much love and care for everybody in in our grade. Mm-hmm. And I'm grieving, still grieving, that I will never see ninety yeah. percent of those people again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely think it's, it's definitely sad. Like, thinking back to like, high school, like, I'd, I'll definitely miss that. Those are good times. Yeah. Like just hanging out in school with friends and, you know, the interaction and stuff like that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, like the past few days, I've just had a lot of grief and anger about that, and it's like now coming on and and during that time i felt alone i was like i'm all alone in this you know everybody else moved on i'm talking on a podcast we've barely been talking for 30 minutes and i'm like (laughs) yeah i'm not alone you know Mm -hmm. and that just that kind of communication just does not happen as often as when you see people in person and when you're talking with the people that you've known for a long time for sure like because i mean one of the big problems I had with high school, going back to the original question of, did you enjoy school? Mm-hmm. I really hated high school because I grew up with the kids and now I couldn't see them. I was in classes with freshmen and sophomores. And I mean, like in senior year, at least um, people with other grades and the people I wanted to talk to were the people in my grade. And those were the one, those were some of the few people I couldn't have a chance to talk to because all my classes were with kids from different grades and everybody was so busy competing with each other i was like guys like i know you you're better than this why why is this happening to you you know i see i see what you mean you were you were like um you know these are all your friends and then all of a sudden you get to high school and it becomes a race to the top almost to be the best instead of just chilling and you know everyone getting along i guess also, and I, I think, I had, sorry yeah. i think that uh i wish we got to do more like 
school activities, not school activities, like, like group activities with our grade, you know, like, like field trips, like field trips and like <laughs> going on like a, like a senior trip with our grade or something like that, you know, yeah. like, I feel like that would be sick. That would be sick. In freshman year, I was telling everybody what happened to field trips. They just, they just disappeared. Nobody ever told us like, what? well, we're going to get rid of field trips. I, w I was talking about this as early as ninth grade, but <laughs> yeah. Cause I think there's a yeah. lot of friends or, you know, not, not necessarily your closest friends, but friends that, you know, that you definitely get along with that you just won't hang out with otherwise because they're not that close to you, but you're, they're still good friends. And I think yeah. those field trips and stuff like that, like hanging out outside of school is actually what, you know, brings you closer to the person and absolutely and you know yeah you get that extra like connection i guess that's how that's how i met emily same thing yeah yeah exactly I was, yeah, yeah i was i was with her in orchestra we were part of classes but outside of school i still remember camp taiwan feeling like just a magical experience seeing the people seeing all the friends i used to know in school outside of school and now it was just people and we could just talk and like I said, that's how I met Emily. That's how we became close. Yeah. So it would have been great to have some I think field trips in high school. It really breaks that. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think you were about to say this. Like, we're just, <laughs> we just stop competing, stop worrying about grades, and just remember that we're in this together. And then we become closer as a result. I think it also breaks that boundaries of, like, friend groups as well. When yeah. you're hanging out with people or not necessarily forced to hang out but where you're all like put in the same area that's right you kind of that's end right. up interacting and hanging out with other people anyways that's that right maybe you usually wouldn't hang out with yeah and that's also problem i had with school was ever since middle school you constantly shifting classes with different people and as a result you never get to really develop relationships with any one teacher or any kids in one class unless you have overlap yeah whereas lower school it was you you're in one class with the same teacher and the same kids for all subjects mm -hmm. so you feel like a family but as soon as you start fragmenting it you never the the relationships aren't as close anymore i think is, yeah. like lo logistically i don't think you can do that with the teachers like i think the teachers need to switch yeah. out because but i think you could do it with uh like the general studies i guess you know or everything yeah. the things that everyone has to learn you could keep right. those people together because i think most of the time in high school or especially if you're you come to a school in high school or you get there at like middle school or some sometime around then like not lower school your friends end up becoming the people that you have the most classes with that's right so if you had classes with everyone like i guess everyone like consistently then i think you most likely develop them all as friends yeah i think so too and i i think that's well i think the reason why clicks develop in middle and high school is because when you don't have a chance to become friends with people over extended periods of time the next best thing is to make friends with the people who are most like you mm -hmm. but I think, then I think you, in high school too yeah a lot of people tend to go towards what they're 
they know or what they're comfortable with. I think that's just yeah. true in, in life, actually. You should go yeah. towards what you know. But especially when you're stressed. Yeah, yeah. And you're that's nervous. exactly what high school is. Yeah. Like on the first day of high school, you don't know where where you're going, you know? Like right. what? Should I, do I sit over here? I mean, do I go walk over with these these people? Like what am I, what am I supposed to be doing right now? And that's why the environment is, it breeds what we see, which is divided groups of people who are very similar to each other, but rarely interact with each other, even though we all grew up together, you know? It's just what stress is able to do. And I think it's funny too, because when you're when you're a freshman and you're showing up to high school, you're thinking, oh my God, everyone else has already have, got this figured out. They're all in their friend right, groups. Right. And, and really, it's That's not right. like that at all. Everyone's feeling almost the same things you are. Of, That's right. Of not knowing, you're just not knowing, I guess. <laughs> not knowing where to go, like not knowing what their future's going to be like, not knowing any of that stuff. That's right. And that's why I remember um, the first day of, fre of senior year when there was some new kids um, from lower grades. And one kid in particular, he was sitting alone outside um, at the tables just outside the cafeteria. Mm -hmm. And th this was the first day. So he's an American kid. He has no idea what's going on. And everybody else is stressed like him. So they're just going to gravitate towards people they know or, you know, people who look similar to them. But he doesn't really look like anybody. And I went over and sat next to him. And the only reason I was able to do that instead of just going with what I knew was because I had been through this 12 times before at this school, which I'm very comfortable with, mm -hmm. with many people I already know. But if I was a new kid like him, there's no way I could just go over and feel comfortable sitting next to somebody I don't know. It yeah. takes a very, yeah. it takes a very centered person to be able to do that. But there's so little of those people in the environment that oftentimes new kids just end up feeling like that. Like what you said, everybody has it figured out and I'm just here. Yeah. Yeah. I think unless you're not necessarily, I don't know if the right word is mature, but unless you're like, I don't know, you've mentally gone through a lot of experiences enough to build that understanding, I guess. Yeah. You're, you're going to be scared and you're going to. Like you're not going to be able to step back away from your situation and look and see that like the bigger picture is not what you think it is. And I think so. I think there are two main um, perspectives to see this. So one is the one you mentioned where you've experienced these things before. So even if you're a new student, you've been to enough different schools, for example, like let's yeah. say you're a third culture kid, you move every two years, mm -hmm. you've been to enough different schools as a new student enough times where you're sort of hardened to yeah, that point. Yeah. And so you're able to deal with the stress of another school as a new student. Or the other main perspective is what I was feeling, which is this is an environment I'm already comfortable with. So it's enabled me, it's sort of built up a platform for me to then be able to help others instead of feeling stressed by myself. I think both yeah, that's both good. experiences both experiences can lead to that same result. I think both can also, um, I guess, go past the desired result. Like if you've been to too many schools, then eventually you don't get, you don't develop. Well, I obviously I don't know, but this is just my mm. hypothesis, I guess. Yeah. Is you don't develop 
that close relationship with friends that you move to a new school with because you know or you don't know but you think you're going to be gone within yeah, a year that's an or, interesting, or within that's like an two interesting years observation and then you yeah. don't have any close friends that's right uh, could you imagine that like i that would suck to not have really any bad. close friends yeah because be... you ah, yeah like through your childhood i mean your childhood shapes the way you see the world and that can yeah, change yeah. but it stays that way for a long time so in the situation you're you're um describing that person sees the world as i'm never going to every every time i feel like i'm about to form a close relationship it gets taken from me mm -hmm. and you just you become a drifter you're like sort of a bubble floating around that just automatically avoids all the other bubbles yeah and i think like you, you lose you lose some ability or i guess maybe not lose but you never uh, learn the ability to maybe like open up or or talk about things that actually matter to you because you don't yeah. think you're ever going to get to that spot where you actually talk about things you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like everything is a small talk instead of that's right important things yeah that's right and i think that's an interesting question for like even third culture kids like us which is certainly for me i have fear that when i go to maine next year i'll find people that i find amazing i'll find people that are interested in many things that i'm interested in that previous people i've interacted with have not been but there's still a lingering feeling that i'm always going to be separate from them because in four years we're going to leave we're going to disappear except for maybe one or two people i continue to talk with long distance most likely mm -hmm. and even then it's like we still don't really have a connection so do you do you feel any fear that like sort of you're not going to be able to develop lasting connections with people in college because it's all gone in four years i don't i haven't really thought about college that much i i think that the one good thing about das is oh there's plenty of good things but this one specifically <laughs> i guess is the community is a very like tight-knit i think mm. like everyone because it's so unique going to tas mm. that everyone can that goes to TS can relate and you can instantly have something to talk about right away if you right. meet another TS kid. Like even if they're like, I don't know, 15, 20 years older than you, the experience is very similar. Yeah. So in that way, I think that like in whenever COVID goes away and we have, you know, normal life again, uh, when, when TS does the like alumni meetups and stuff like that, I think coming back and talking to friends that are in our class will be just like picking it up right where we left it off. Mm. Uh, well, that's what I think anyways. It might not actually be like that, but. I think if that's true, that's, that's relieving at least that there will always be people that you can connect with, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that's the difference between us and the, the drifter who switches schools all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I still picture the ideal scenario of where we have the one group that we know down to the core. Every single person that we've grown up with, we know who they are. But I guess it also is a benefit to have a global experience. Yeah. Because you your your perspective opens up so 
drastically compared to if you were just in your contained in your village for your entire life. Yeah, I guess that allows you to understand people on a deeper level, perhaps. Yeah, for sure, I completely agree. Like putting yourself in uh, uh, like uncomfortable situations, I think actually helps you grow as a person. I think when we like get to college and we're actually like there, I don't know how deep those friendships will be, but I'm not too worried about that because I know that like the friends I have now, like I'm, I'll always be friends with you guys. That's right. Yeah. It helps to have lifelong friends. Yeah. And I think it's also, I think that's a good foundation to have for deeper connections in the future because you know what a healthy relationship looks like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's super important. Yeah. How about um, relationships? Do you feel like, do, do you have any fears or anxieties about getting into like a marriage, for example, if you're looking for that? What in like... Wait, what do you mean? In the future, like in general or? In, in the future, yeah. In the future in general, do you have any fears about not friends, but relationships? Um, I mean, personally, I live life for, that sounds so cliche, but I, I live life <laughs> for like love, you know? And that, that at the end of the day, if I'm happy and if I have that, person that i can share a deep connection with then i'm good you know yeah. i don't really need anything else so yeah. i guess in that in that way no but also i don't want to go with the wrong person you know i don't want to be in a relationship okay. with the wrong person which makes me hesitant to be in relationships but also i really want to be in relationships <laughs> if you know what i mean yeah yeah the difficult so, line to to find where it, you know it where that yeah so do you believe that there is a right person for you i think i don't think it's like a uh what's the word like destined or uh mm -hmm. you know i don't think there's only one person for you i think that soulmate yeah. yeah soulmate that's what i'm thinking of yeah i don't think you have a soulmate but i think that there are definitely a few people that will fit you very well you know and i don't i don't want to get with someone that fits me decently well you know i want to get i want to i want to have yeah you want a solid fit yeah 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 that's interesting because i'm i i had to think about that with emily mm -hmm. so emily emily's personality is we're similar in some ways some key ways but she is also drastically different from me in other ways. She's mm -hmm. very, she can be very dramatic sometimes. She can be very bubbly and, and excited. She can be very, um, needing a lot of attention, which is not bad, but like my mom would describe me as low maintenance, right? Compared yeah. to my sister. So I've had to imagine like every person on this earth is unique. And when yeah. you really yep. think about that, yep. there is no right person. And sure, I mean, you that's can, a great way to like, put I've, it. I've I've read about I've read about um, uh, like the zodiac signs, 
and how there are certain signs that are more compatible with others, stuff like that. Some BS. So I, I suppose, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's not to say that I fully believe it, but sure, sure. everything, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but so I I do agree that there is some sense of compatibility. But at the same time, I heard once like. There, there, there's not just one beautiful flower, right? There are many beautiful flowers. Yeah, I think, and it's just about appreciating each flower's unique beauty. That really, that yeah. that's what it comes down to. Yep, you're you're definitely right. Like I think some people will sometimes they'll be like, I don't know if you've heard this at all, but some people will say like, oh, I don't think Emily and Henry really work well together. Or hmm, okay. I've I've heard that before. And honestly, okay. who are you to judge, unless you're in the relationship because you have no idea what (laughs) they are feeling and what they're going through sure you could say oh my gosh henry's all reserved and emily is not you know she's very (laughs) outspoken but that could be exactly what you need like for me personally i think i am more uh i guess attracted to people that are not like me I think for some people, I think there's a fine line of like and not alike that people kind of land on, and that's where their ideal person would be, you know? Right. It's sort of a paradox because you you want a person that's similar to you, but you're also attracted to qualities that are the opposite of you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I also think think... that everyone, like, I can imagine myself loving any type of person. You know what I mean? Like, I think I could like any, anyone. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's kind of a difficult thing to, to pinpoint, I guess. I think that's the mo- one of the most important capacities that a human being can have, actually. Is if you are able to accept anybody, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Right? If you're not, if you absolutely cannot accept a certain kind of person, whenever that person is introduced into your life... Well, now you got an enemy. Yeah, and yeah, when you have, yeah. And when you have enemies, then things usually don't go well, right? Yeah, like so, I, I don't think I, like I don't hate anyone. I maybe yeah, dislike but... one or two people. But that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. it. You know, everyone else I get along with, and everyone else gets along with me. Yeah. Because I think I'm very open-minded to different ideas and different experiences, and. Yeah other people's point of views what's that called like empathy being able to uh like put yourself in someone else's shoes is that the definition of empathy i don't know something like that yeah yeah that is that is yeah i think definitely with the people in our grade whenever i reflect on everybody in our grade i'm just so filled with like i said like love for just every single person is a unique individual and there can be infinite unique individuals that exist and every person is just fantastic like we like the concept of faults in people is it it doesn't apply when you take in the person as their whole story yeah 100 percent. i could not agree with you more right there like a lot of people will say like if you look at someone and they, I don't know, they were like a, a dick to you or something. Especially if it's to you, your first right. instinct is like, oh, I hate this person. They're they're right. a terrible person. They they didn't even like consider how that would uh, make me feel or how 
you know, how mean that thing was, but I don't think you have to be able to step back from that and realize that everyone does something for a reason. Even if it's not a good reason, that reason has been put in there by how they grew up and their mindset and everything that they've experienced that has taught them to act like like that. Like right. if, if you're a bully, then you're most likely uh, either experienced bullying before or you were raised by a bully you know like you're yeah. taught that no one no one innately in my opinion no one innately is bad like no one's born bad you're born uh neutral i guess and you based off the things you experience you become either good or a bad person and a bad person is only a bad person in a good environment but there are a good person yeah. in a bad environment yeah, like if you're grown up and you've been encouraged to, I don't know, shit on other people, then you, I mean, you're you're doing good, I guess, in that environment. You you are accepted in that environment. Yeah, you're accepted in that environment. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, I would say in general, you're probably a dick. <laughs> you know. Right. What's also what? see that's also a difficult line to to distinguish too, because how do you give someone blame or in my perspective how do you blame someone but also like give them accountability for what they just did but also realize that it's not you know they didn't want to be this way it's, it's not like that's it's entirely their fault that's a fantastic question actually because it's all about perspective because from a certain resolution on seeing a person they are entirely accountable for their action after all, they're the ones who did it. Yeah. On a different level, on a on a wider resolution, you can see that action was the only possible action they could have chosen in that moment because of everything that came before it. Yeah. Every action, I mean, nobody nobody decides to do something that's not exactly what they feel they need to do. Mm -hmm. They do what they feel whatever whatever is in the moment. So it's on the one hand, blame is is not real. It's not real that a person needs to be blamed because if you were to blame a person for doing something, you'd also have to blame their parents and their parents and the parents who raised them, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And then you would have to be blame everybody or nobody. So the concept of blame only comes in a perspective of we need to resolve this situation right now. Yeah, and but honestly, that's 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 why when when something like shit or whatever happens to me, or like you know something bad that makes me feel like shit, I always the first thing I do is I step back and I think, okay, why did this person really do that? You know, and I tried to imagine myself in there with their perspective, and then I I, I start to realize, okay, they they're not they don't actually want to be a dick or like hurt my feelings it's just that they want to feel better and the only way they know how to do that is to shit on someone else exactly and for me i was at a stage i was one level beyond that in high school where i cared too much about other people and i controlled myself enough that i didn't allow myself to shit on other people because I cared about them. I didn't want to hurt them. 
-hmm. So what did I do? I shit on myself. Because at least if I take it out on myself, I don't need to hurt anybody else. Sure. But I'm still hurting myself. Yeah, yeah. And then it took more years for me to realize that I had to be willing to forgive myself mm -hmm. for doing that. I had to um, be the empath. I had to look at the larger picture for my own life. Even when I could do it easily, effortlessly for other people, I could effortlessly forgive somebody else, no matter what they did to me. But I couldn't do the same for myself. I think I there think are people on both sides of that. People that like what you just said, where they can, they can't forgive themselves, but they can forgive other people. And then there's the opposites, right. where they right. will never forgive other other people, but they they but think they can do no themselves. wrong. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously balance i guess balance is always key there's somewhere in the between that is the most optimal place to be at i think mm -hmm. for me i was i was much like you i couldn't like everyone else if they did something wrong i could i i understood like okay yeah yeah but from my own actions it was like i can't believe i fucking did that i'm such an idiot why the right. fuck did i do that right. and right. when really i just need to you know, just say, you know, it's okay. Every once in a while, something bad's gonna happen and I need to, like, almost put myself first. Like, I need to understand and help myself before I help others. Otherwise, I'm only, like, putting a detriment on myself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so, to wrap things up, we can go back to the original question. Did you yeah. enjoy school? <laughs> Well, there were a lot of bad things about school. There's a lot of yeah. good things too. Yeah. And one of the good things is that we're here and we know a lot more about ourselves than we did. And no matter if we were in school or not, we would still end up in the same place. So I think accomplished. I think overall, yes, I enjoyed school. Yeah. And I would say the same. Yeah. Yeah. There were definitely issues, but Overall, it helped me grow, helped me meet new people, helped me develop uh, relationships with people and become better friends with them and just like fill out my life, I guess. So yeah, I, I did enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Of course, nothing's perfect too. So yeah. that's right. Well, I think we'll end it there. All right. I hope, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>